God save the ground. BRL, son. Peace, this is Nelson Dialect. You're tuned in to Beats, Rhymes, and Lives. Uh, this is B. You're listening to BRL. Yeah, this is Ray. You're listening to BRL. What up? It's 360. Yeah, yeah. This is Nick Luby from One Day Spit Syndicate. I'm Seth Century. You're on Beats, Rhymes, and Life, and I endorse this product. Peace, family. This is El Fresh the Lion on Beats, Rhymes, and Life. Stay tuned, this is where hip-hop lives. It's BRL, the podcast, and another pair of classics. This time, though, it's a pair of classics with the same person. We had a chat in the space of 12 months twice to Ziggy, a.k.a. now Ziggy Ramo. Uh, The first interview, about 15 minutes with uh, him talking about the Black Thoughts EP, and then... Uh, we got him on again for the single Blackface. Uh, of course, this is a uh, conversation of discussing the issues uh, brought up throughout his work. And uh, he's continued to go from strength to strength, including a Hottest 100 appearance and a full-length record in the last couple of years. So uh, from little things, big things grow to take uh, his flip on the uh, Paul Kelly track. And these are two of my favorite interviews we've ever done on this show ever. So without any further ado, and uh, by the way, uh, Ziggy, you're welcome back on this show anytime. You've been hard to tie down in the last couple of years. But anyway, uh, let's get into our chat with Ziggy Ramo 1 and 2 on this program. Enjoy them both. It's 89.7. It is Beats, Rhymes and Life. Now, joining us on the phone is an upcoming hip-hop artist from Perth who I pretty much um, only just heard about the other week. Grabbed these uh, tracks of his from his brand new EP called Black Thoughts. It's a fantastic EP. And we're going to talk to Ziggy right now here on Beats, Rhymes and Life. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. And... Um, you have a, an interesting background. Uh, give us a little background on who Ziggy is and where you're from. Yeah, so uh, my mother is non-Indigenous and she was raised on the east coast of Australia. Mm-hmm. And then my father is Aboriginal Solomon Islander. Yep. Um, his Solomon Islander heritage was brought um, as slaves and on far north Queensland to work on the sugarcane fields. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, his Indigenous heritage were stolen from their land and then raised as missionaries in Queensland as well. Yep. Um, and then my parents met at Teachers College, actually. Um, and then they, their first jobs were in East Arnhem Land. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's where they had my eldest brother and then had us other kids. And so we grew up in East Arnhem Land in a community called Gokwoyak mm-hmm. for the first five years of my life. And then we moved to Perth. Where I did primary school and then I was over on the East Coast for high school and finished school in Sydney. And then after that, I went back up to uh, home in Kapoyak and I worked there for a little bit with public health. And then mm-hmm. I decided to move back to Perth for study and that's where I'm at the moment. All right. Well, that's see, that's a hell of a background. It's a interesting way to grow up, and um, it does it does also show in your music, you know, because you have a worldly and uh, you know, political view across your music. Which, um, you know, uh, as we've said on this show many times, because we had a uh, Benny Bajar in a few weeks ago, it's a it's something that I totally and utterly agree with. <laughs> yeah. As yeah. a as it's a uh, awesome stuff. as a uh, um, pure, uh, I mean, like a, a sickly white Australian. 
yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like it, it, uh, it, it does discuss those uh, those things which. Uh, a, a lot of uh, people of uh, probably the previous generation of uh, white Australians just want to kind of sweep under the rug, you know, stolen generation, uh, how, you know, and the communities in Arnhem, uh, uh, sorry, Arnhem Land are uh, very much like like a third world country, if not even worse, you know, those kind of conditions, you know, like maybe sort of yeah. give some people some schooling on, you know, how it is in those communities. Yeah, um, and that's essentially, I guess, what I'm trying to do is I, I think knowledge will liberate us and, you know, education is power. Mm-hmm. And if, if we're serious about reconciliation in Australia, um, it's got to reconcile from both non-Indigenous and Indigenous Australia. Mm-hmm. And I just think for non-Indigenous Australia, it's, it's really important that we educate and understand the sacrifices that have been made for where we're at today mm. um, because we do have a black history and I just want to, I just want to bring the light on that. You know, I'm not, I'm not dwelling on the past. It's just the fact that what has happened is still affecting a lot of indigenous Australians today. Yes. And until we're able to acknowledge that and, and know it, because like you said, like, you know, even in the education system, in like the curriculum for school, this, this history isn't taught. and I know that for I, sure. I, yeah. I had no idea about any of this stuff. It's like, you know, um, I grew up in the 90s in Perth. So, you know, at, at school was like, hey, first settlers and uh, Captain Cook yeah. did this and they sailed along the river. And there was a little to no mention of the indigenous population. And then you sort of, you know, dig into it a bit more and you sort of at least have a look, you know, you look at stuff like, I don't know, Tasmania, Stolen Generation, yeah. uh, White Australia Policy, all this kind of stuff. And you're just like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did not. we do? Well, what <laughs> well, like, yeah, it's a, it's a certain generation and it's it sort of, you can hear it passed on through certain ignorant assholes out there and you know, I know who some of those people are I actually you know there are a few people I still know and you know still are kind of close with that have the views which are opposing to myself and yours but it's just like it's it's um it as you said it's an education thing it's uh, sort of sitting down and sort of going hey you're human I'm human let's just you know agree on some yeah, stuff and move exactly. on because it, it's not um because, you know, like I said, my mother's non-Indigenous, mm. my father's Indigenous. You know, without without our history, I don't exist, you know. Like, I'm I'm essentially the product of successful reconciliation. Mm. Um, so it is possible. And, and for my mother and father, it was it was exactly that. It was dropping labels and it was just about human beings, you know. And, and that's, I think, what Australia needs to do. Because if you take away, you know, the fact that Indigenous like if you take away this like label indigenous Australians and you just you heard the history that a group of people today were you know 20 years um, earlier likely to die that you know uh, a, an indigenous child is more likely to go to prison than they are to finish high school mm. or the fact that after the intervention was in place in the Northern Territory suicide rates went up by 500 percent you know any logical Ooh. human being is going to Yep, that that is just not okay, you know, for our fellow citizens. So it's that not is about a staggering statistic. You just threw it us, yeah. by the way. Staggering. Yeah. 
I'm yeah, the the intervention, and that's the crazy thing is that you know a lot of Australians don't even realise just how corrupt and conniving it was because you know it's an Australian law that once a law is passed in constitution, you're never allowed to suspend it. But the Howard government suspended the Racial Discrimination Act to pass the legislation for the bill of the intervention. So right now, um, those laws are still in place and. The UN actually told the Howard government that they were breaking their own law and that, that it was um, actually implementing on the basic human right of self-determination, but the Howard government just went about and did it. Jesus. And then the continuing governments have they've changed the name of the legislation, but they haven't actually changed the legislation. So, you know, oh. we have like apartheid law um, in present day, but, you know, it's just not spoken about. Wow. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, and that's the thing. Like, if anyone out there can prove otherwise, by all means, come and do so. But it's it's out there. That's the thing. These things are out there, and you can't obviously polish these things up. People do read these policies, uh, like yourself. I, I probably wouldn't. Uh, go through the entire documentation. Yeah. Just w- yeah. watched enough, but um, oh, that that's wild. That's insane. I love how uh, political this show has got <laughs> of late, actually. Yeah. But um, and the thing is, is like, I think I think the powerful thing about music and the ability to express yourself is that you know, growing up in my life experience, mm-hmm. I've I've had to kind of. I've struggled because I'm I'm 21 at the moment, and yeah. I've I've struggled with kind of I've accepted that if I need to make a difference on a day to day basis, I need to be able to deliver this message, mm. I guess, in a palatable way. You know, I like because if you get aggressive at people instantly, they become very defensive, and you're never going to reach people like that. But for me, music was such a powerful outlet for myself because I was able to express myself in an unapologetic way you know Mm. i was just able to deliver the messages how i wanted to and i was able to deliver them you know for people who were willing to listen and ready to listen because a lot of australia unfortunately you know we're still a little bit away from having an open and honest conversation without getting defensive oh absolutely i I can um i can vouch for that having uh Worked in a couple of regional towns when it comes to the radio uh, gear that I've done over the years. And um, I, I know these uh, attitudes were still very, um, it was still very, very split um, in a town called Taree. You may or may not have heard yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I grew up in the mid North Coast. Yeah. Ah, so there you go. You know exactly yeah. where I'm. Yeah. So, yeah. and there's, of course, the, uh, the mission that's there as well. And it is. Yeah. Uh, it is just quietly a super divided town, super, super divided. Uh, one of those things that really never bothered me at all. You know, I, was the, I was the dry presenter. I was just like, oh, okay, yeah, cool, no worries. Uh, you can keep that stupid racist view, you moron. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. It, it just, yeah, that, that stuff has just never really bothered me. But I know it's just the way I was raised, uh, you know, which is, you know, sort of just go, all right, cool, no worries. Um, you have a different uh, darkness of melatonin in your skin. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I couldn't care less we're, about that nonsense. We're all just human beings uh, at the end of the day. And, I judge know, like on I'm, actions alone. Exactly. And, and my whole 
my whole view really is I just like I love Australia. You know, I mm-hmm. I don't necessarily love our dark history and the way that we've dealt with it. But at the end of the day, I, I view all Australians as as my family because mm. you know, with Indigenous Australia, we've been brought up to understand that we're all interconnected and all Australians are interconnected. And I just want all Australians to have the same basic human rights. That's all all my kind of mission is. And unfortunately, in present day, Indigenous Australians, you know, that there's some basic human rights that we don't have, like self-determination. So... Ladies and gentlemen, um, if you want to hear this in hip-hop form, uh, you can hear this on your first debut and uh, excellent EP. I love the beats on this as well. Um, actually, who did the production quickly before we... Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, incredible, incredible Perth musicians as well. Um, Palace, he co-produced and engineered it. And the beats were written by J. Cal. He's 19. He's, he's going to be amazing. He's, he's killing it. Oh, that's, I love, I just love the fact that people are just getting, the people are that ridiculously talented. It's like, yeah, there are, there are some, you know, great beat makers out there just sort of coming up now, you know, like you get a lot of, a lot of the sort of, uh, you know, production from a lot of the legends of you know, the generation. I'm from the mortars, the disasters, you know, yeah. those types. And now we got this other fresh generation coming through that probably heard that stuff, you know, coming up, you know, so like, hey, this is my first, you know, downside album or something like that. And they've, yeah. you know, been influenced by this stuff. And that's all coming out now, you know, at 18, 19 years old and people are starting to sort of drop stuff left and right because, you know, we're in that era now. You can just put stuff out free like you have have and uh it's it's a it's a nice healthy time for you for hip-hop especially especially uh from anyone from an indigenous background ab original benny bajar um a a bunch of other acts who are just uh putting out stuff the entire bad apples label so it's a sort of if you can call it an emerging genre as well which uh, i'm i'm thoroughly appreciating it's great yes it's really exciting times um, actually just been in touch with Benny um, mm. Benny Bajar and we're hopefully going to be working on something soon so Ooh, yes. pretty excited for that indeed so uh, for people that are wondering um, apart from the deeply deeply political conversation we've just had on Peace Rhymes Alive uh, the EP itself it's called Black Thoughts and uh, where can people cop it? Uh, it's up on Triple J on Earth it's also on SoundCloud yep. and Spotify Excellent. So uh, go and cop that EP. It's fantastic. We'll play a track off it right now. And Ziggy, this has been enlightening. I love it. And thank you very much. Thanks very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Dropping EDM, hip-hop, and a bunch of Best Beats programs around. If you want bangers, you'll be in the right place with Tune1. Tune1.com.au. That's Tune, the number one, .com.au. Tune1, proud show sponsor. It's BRL here on 89.7 now, returning for the second time in 2016. Off the back of that song you just heard, uh, that is an absolute jam, by the way, Ziggy. Uh, That is a track called Blackface. Uh, We'll get into, of course, uh, the meaning and everything behind that in just a sec. But Ziggy, welcome back to BRL. Thank you so much for having me again. My pleasure. Uh, Once again, uh, that's a track of the year, uh, 
contender right there. I was listening to it just before we came. I was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Thanks so much, man. I uh, really you know, appreciate that. J-Cal on the beat as well. Um, now, for those who are unaware, I'm actually one of them. Uh, who is J-Cal? J-Cal is a 19-year-old Perth producer, mm-hmm. uh, multi-instrumentalist. Um, he also plays uh, in the duo called Focal, which are like an up-and-coming Perth band who are doing amazing things. And then he also makes his own music under J-Cal, but I was able, I was lucky enough to link up with him early this year and uh, we've been kind of working non-stop and he's um, kind of exclusively produced my upcoming debut album. So, uh, first of all, get around that uh, debut album whenever that's uh, sort of dropping next year, is it? Yeah, it's going to be dropping. So, with the announcement of this uh, single, Blackface, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I'm announcing that going to be re-releasing the Black Thoughts EP, but as an extended play, as an album, um, and that's going to be coming out in February next year. And uh, there's going to be more tracks on it as well? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a total of um, the three tracks of the EP plus this single, Mm -hmm. Um, so it'll be a total of around, I'm looking at about 12 to 13 tracks, and then a few interludes as well. So there you go. It's a yeah, full-length album due out next year. So there you go. Heard it first here on BRL. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> now um, let's get into the brand new single. It's called Blackface. Now, um, of course, uh, there has been uh, much ado on social media this year alone um, with uh, people like yourself and especially um, uh, the guys from AB Original um, just calling out people Dressing in blackface, which, um, ladies and gentlemen, um, you have a right to do things, but if it upsets people, you're going to get destroyed on social media, and it's your own stupid fault. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, long story short, if you're going to wear blackface as someone who's my shade, you're a dumbass. First of all, <laughs> second of all, you say it a you know um, a lot more eloquent than I did just then yeah. in this new song. So um, it sounds like this uh, track was basically sort of um, uh, brought up from you from the incident of the kid who went to school as Nick Natanui. Yeah, pretty much um, around when that happened. Uh, one mm-hmm. of my best mates, he um, he actually had a little baby girl. Yes, and um, I was visiting her and. This had all just happened, and I just started thinking, like, man, I can't believe it's 2016, and, you know, one of my best mates has just had a baby, and she's just been born into a world that's still messing around with blackface. Like, like it's something to joke about. And it just kind of made me stop for a second and just think. And, and you know, like, none of this is an attack of, of the kid, um, you know, in that situation, mm. um, because, you know, he's a nine-year-old kid, you know. He's not going to know any better, but... Yeah. I think, you know, the obviously the role models in his life probably should have um, stepped up there and, yeah, and, and, and I just like... Now, could he have just worn the dreads but stayed his natural colour and been neat now? Well, of, of course. I mean, like, anyone who's saying that you couldn't tell that someone was dressing up as Nick Natanui if they put on dreads and a West Coast Eagle costume like uh, who else is it going to be <laughs> i can't think of too many other people with that hair yeah exactly <laughs> exactly it's like you know when you think of the you know people who often do these kinds of things like i mean those people are iconic not because of 
you know, the colour of their skin, you know, they're iconic because they, they bring a great bunch of talent to the table, you know. Like, for example, if you wanted to go to Michael Jackson as, um, you know, as a Halloween thing or something, you put on a red leather um, jacket with some zippers. Yes. It doesn't matter what colour you are, everyone knows that that's a thriller. Yes. Indeed, <laughs> there's, there's there's no further um, explanation needed from there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because <laughs> it's been coming up lately as well. Um, like especially a lot of uh, football clubs have been doing this, and it has been in kind of regional areas where, um, let, let's face it. Um, I I sort of uh, I saw a lot of this uh, personally when I was living in. Tari. Um, now, Tari itself actually has a uh, a mission just outside of town. So there was always a there was always just a weird divide, and you'd hear some of the most foul things said with a few drinks and some people. Um, yeah. So that that's just the, it was just uh, it's not surprising to me where a lot of these uh, you know clubs of football with you know young dudes of a, of a certain shade being mine um doing these just wildly racist things it's just it's it's a bother because it's uh obviously uh not everyone but it is a certain amount and uh then you know obviously uh once again people like yourself and uh briggs who's just been out there just destroying people in the most wonderful way yeah <laughs> um just I don't see why, as you said, in 2016, why that's uh, something you would even consider. And if yeah, you like, exactly. if you want to go as a, as a footballer and you're, oh, well, I can't really go as Nick Nat then, I don't know, maybe go as Ben Cousins. You can still yeah, make an inappropriate joke there if you really want to. Yeah, it's <laughs> um like, and I think like for a lot of us as Indigenous people, it's mm. a bit tiring, to be honest. Like, um, you know, there's like, um, like you said, you know, it's a lot of the time stuff isn't necessarily done with the most, um, you know, like um, malicious intentions or whatever. Mm. But at the same time, like, if you're going to go and put that costume on, like, you need to understand the historical context in in which that's happening. And, and it's, it's one thing as well to try and brush it off as a joke, but... You know, to me, the current landscape of what's going on in Australia isn't a joke. You know, we still have, you know, some of the highest suicide rates in the world, the lowest rates of education in the world, a massive disparity between Indigenous and non-Indigenous living conditions in Mm. Australia and and the incarceration rates. It's just not, like, it's not something for me that I can just lightly laugh at. Like, in the 1980s, you had two actual police officers um, go to their kind of office wrap-up party in blackface as two Aboriginal men who had been killed in police custody. Oh, Jesus. You know, like, yeah, this historical context of, of what's going on in Australia, like, it's not very funny. And, and I just, like, I, you know, I'm, I'm all for having a great time and a good laugh and, and doing whatever you want to do and... And that, but I just don't understand why it has to be um, at the detriment to other people. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know, it might just be flat out ignorance on the part of whoever's dressing up, like you know, with the kid in question of this thing. 
he's nine years old. He doesn't know any better. But the parents, yeah, the the parents issue, should. The parents oh, should. Exactly. Yeah. Because, like, you know, for obviously, uh, like, a, a nine-year-old child can be very ignorant around that. And, and I hold, hold no content towards that child. And, and you know, I, I think I was... I tried to be careful in, you know, the way I was addressing it in the song because none of it is at all directed to, to the kid. And, I mean, the worst thing that could happen from this song is that any backlash comes toward him as a as a child. You know, he's a he's a child and he he deserves to be protected and and educated and and given, you know, a great life. My only issue around that situation was, you know, how many adults did that get past as okay? You know, like his mother had to prove it and she goes on this big rant about how she won parenting and then not only did his school approve it, but he ended up winning an award at the Book Week Parade. Um, you know, like it, it had to go through a lot of stages of, of being cleared by what we would like to think as responsible adults. Yes. And to me, that's where the kind of issue was with that situation, you know, because mm. like, like you said, um, you know, we're when you're a kid, you know, like, I mean, I when I was a kid, you know, there was definitely times where I, you know, out of ignorance would play like with cowboys and Indians. And I mean, there was definitely culturally appro- cultural appropriation with mm. dressing up as an Indian, you know? And I mean, as a child, I didn't didn't know, but then I was given the education around that. Um, but um, I guess the, yeah, like the issue with, with what happened with that kid is, is the amount of uh, responsible adults around him that didn't foster an environment where he could, um, you know, learn why maybe painting his skin black wasn't the appropriate thing to do there. Absolutely. I actually, um, I was in a school play and there were characters in that school play that were, uh, in without a lack of a better term, gollywog dolls. So, yeah. and so that was complete, that was, when, when I look back at that now, it's like, wow, that's so incredibly racist. And that's 2000. That's yeah, 2000. Right? Yes. Yeah. And, and I guess like, and that's the, that's the other thing is like, like I was saying, you know, like we as an indigenous people, like we don't want to always be trying to make it out like we're these victims and all this stuff. But it's just like, you know, like I was saying, we're all for a joke. I mean, we've survived genocide and we're able to laugh about it. But um, at the same time, like, why do we need to be, you know, why does it have to be at the detriment of us and us as a race when there's still much, still so much that this country has to really um, reconcile to to move forward and, and to be able to, like, you know, like, as an adult, you mm. know, for example, there was the rugby player who, who went up um, as blackface his Mad Monday and posed with a petrol can and then oh, said it was a big joke. And, I didn't you know, even see everyone, that one. Yeah, horrific, right? But um, he he then wants to say it was a joke and try and scapegoat, and and it's just like as an adult, as someone with a platform, you know, I, I think it's you wouldn't like I personally, I wouldn't hope that no one would, for example, go to Mad Monday as 
um, like a, a life beater or someone making a mockery of domestic abuse. Like, it's just not funny. Like, like I was saying, you know, you just joke only works if everyone's laughing. And, and yeah, it's just, it's pretty horrific really, isn't it? It is. It, it, it's uh, the uh, discussion of this um, after, of course, the uh, the track, <laughs> which is fantastic, yeah. by the way. Um, we'll get to where people can get that in just a sec. But uh, these are the kind of issues, once again, on this program that we talk about race issues on this show. Um, and I don't know, uh, I, no one's ever actually complained about it ever on this program but if we ever do get any complaints oh gav can we stop talking about indigenous issues no we're not going to stop ever i'm sorry <laughs> that's just not yeah. happening um it's something that i'm actually kind of passionate about so uh, as i've stated on the show with benny bajar early in the year uh my very first taste of radio ever was with uh noongar radio and i was yeah. not only just taught about radio that week i was also taught about uh race relations as well mm-hmm. as you know through a bunch of people uh and through that organization especially a dude named bevan rankin who had still uh, if if anyone out there knows of bevan rankin uh who worked at that organization back in 1999 please get me in touch with that guy but um let's move on quickly to the actual single itself yeah no just on that that's what i was going to add to that is you know it is um it is so important to keep having these conversations you know like anyone out there who um you know sometimes might get discouraged because you get a negative response or, or someone you know, doesn't necessarily agree with you. Like, any form of, of social change has to start from the ground up, you know, and we need to be having these conversations. So I'd just like to personally thank you for, for being a part of the dialogue and anyone out there who is being a part of the dialogue because, you know, we can only... It, you know, it takes people to have a conversation and engaging in it is, is I think, you know, the most powerful change we can we can do on a personal level. Absolutely. So, uh, where can people cop the new single? Yeah, so it's it's everywhere. It's Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Triple J on Earth, mm-hmm. and also the music video is on YouTube. So uh, definitely go out there. You have no excuse not to listen to this song and uh, get a message through uh, maybe some thick skulls and, of course, the thin skulls that probably listen to this program because there's probably a lot of those very thin skulls that just absorb this kind of knowledge. Oh, this yeah. program, we we don't um, tolerate racism here on Beats Rhymes to Life. Uh, but Ziggy, once again, an enlightening and fantastic interview. I love having a chat to you about these things <laughs> here on Thank Beats Rhymes so to Life. The BRL fam has increased by one. Son of BRL has now arrived in this world, which makes the Patreon way more important now. Support the show that supports your scene and keep the show as successful as it is at the moment. Helping you that out. Patreon.com slash BRLSun. That is Patreon.com slash BRLSun. I've had no sleep.